Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The following is a CA original. The Mighty Sound of the South, tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom Three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. What's happening, Tiger football fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Football Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, commercial appeal sports columnist. I'm joined, as always, by our Tiger football beat writer, Evan Barnes. Uh, Let's dive right in. Um, Big week for Memphis football, good and bad. Um, The the Tigers lose to Tulane 35-21. Um, and uh, officially fall out of the uh, AAC championship game race. Um, that, that game will now be Cincinnati versus Tulsa. Uh, Memphis now six and three. Um, but even though I guess that goal's out the window, there's still a lot to talk about um, in this episode of the podcast. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll give our thoughts on just how the season's gone as a whole. Um, we'll look back on the Tulane game. We'll look ahead to the regular season finale against Houston at the Liberty Bowl uh, this weekend. Uh, we'll talk bowl game projections. Uh, so a lot to dive into. Um, Evan, let's start with the Tulane game. Um, it just felt like it felt like a continuation of the previous two or three games, just the way they played and. You know, they'd been able to get by in those, you know, against USF and Stephen F. Austin and even Navy, um, but it, it caught up with them against Tulane. What what did you – I guess what was the thing that – yeah, what was your, uh, I guess, biggest concern coming out of the game or just, I guess, biggest realization, if you will, um, because obviously we're nine games in now and there, there's just not – there's not that much football left to be played – uh, where you can just correct like this is what you are on the field right now is just who you are in, in a lot of ways because of where we are in the season. But what what did you come away um, thinking about most in terms of deficiencies that cost Memphis against Tulane? Um, I think the fact that they started out throwing, I believe, 13 passes to four runs pretty much tells you kind of where this team is right now. They're a team that has no confidence in the running game. Um, and it showed against Tulane where Tulane's defense just basically bottled them up and they couldn't get anything going. I think you said it well. It kind of revealed what this team is at this point. They're a team that offensively um, has issues outside of Calvin Austin. They threw the ball to him, I believe, 17 times out of Brady White's 36 passes. He only caught five, but still heavily targeting him. Um, Defensively, we saw how, you know, against Navy, they did a really good job, but that Navy team has had issues running its offense. Against Tulane, the secondary had issues with stopping the deep ball early on. Um, they did okay stopping the run game, although they made that Tulane quarterback look like Desmond Ritter, being a dual threat. 
So I think really, like you said, it kind of, ex- not exposed, but it just kind of revealed kind of what this team is right now. Like at this point, what do they do well? We're not really sure. And with the D line, that was maybe their strength. And now it's weak. And with um, O'Brien Goodson now out for the season and playing his last game as a Tiger. Yeah, no, it's, I think the thing, you know, you would be, you're concerned about is the fact that the team seem. I've said this on several, for several weeks now, the team appears to be regressing. They, they're not playing better than they were at the beginning of the year. And I, I think if anything, if there's anything, I guess, to criticize Ryan Silverfield about, that's it. It's that, you know, the team hasn't gotten better. Um, the offensive line has become kind of a a, a we, real weakness. The defense seems to have gotten incrementally better, but you're right, the pass defense is still an issue. Um, and then um, you've got – I don't know. It's just, you know, you're younger. You're, you're, it's just a, it's a, it's a situation where they haven't done, um, they just haven't played as well the last month or so. Um, But all that said, they're six and three. It's like funny that the program has reached a point where you're six and three and you kind of feel disappointed. Like that says something about what's been built here. Um, I think overall, I just don't think you can really compl- like I yeah I guess you can complain about little things that happened this year but like in terms of the overall drop job Silverfield did I don't really see how there's much to much to complain about you know I mean yeah you you, you think about all they had to deal with this year losing Gainwell losing Coxy guys who are no longer on the roster you still say that you know in a pandemic season having a winning record it's a pretty you know good feather in your cap. The only thing we can still say though, is while that's true, you know, you look at the product on the field and you say, what do you look forward to for next year? And I think that's kind of where we'll see where the health of the program is right now. Cause I think right now it seems like they're playing to get to Houston. Hopefully they'll get into a decent bowl game, but you, you do give Ryan some leeway for what he's lost, but also have to look at what he's done and be fair about it. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, Ultimately, he's done enough here in year one where he's not like year one's not going to determine his fate as the coach of the of University of Memphis. It's honestly, I think years two and years three are really where we'll learn. We'll 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 reach a judgment on Ryan Silverfield as a coach like he's going to have to more than likely find a new quarterback. OK, it, signs seem to be pointing that break like that. This weekend against Houston will be Brady White's last game at the Liberty Bowl. Um, it's not official, but signs are pointing that way. Um, so you're going to have to find a new quarterback. You're going to lose a good chunk of your front seven going into starting front seven going into next year. Um, and obviously, you've got a lot of new playmakers who, you know, have had all of whom have had moments here. You know, Austin has really emerged as a consistent force. Um, but Taj Washington has has been consistently intriguing. Um, Javon Ivory's had moments. Um, you know the running backs. You know, you know, have been hit or miss. I, I think I don't know. It, it feels like you know Let's, the offensive line is getting a huge brunt of the blame. But my guess is part of the problem is the running backs just aren't as good either. I'm sure it's well, a combination of both. 
Well, Silverfield straight up blamed the O-line on his TV show this week. I was surprised because usually he's kind of said that he's not been pleased with the running backs, but he was like, I haven't been pleased with the O-line. So I think we can yeah. equally distribute that blame, I think. Yeah, yeah. they got to fix the offensive line. I mean, like, you know, so there, you know, you're right. There is a lot, um, but like, hopefully he'll have a full off season to do it and no, no pandemic. And, you know, I think this off season is going to be with the new transfer rules. We've talked about it. It's going to be, it's going to be like free agency. So Memphis is going to lose some guys, but, but it's also, you know, like it, let's see how Silverfield does play in that transfer market. They could gain some guys too, who can help. Um, so yeah going to be a really interesting offseason. Now, we're not there yet. As you mentioned, they have Houston on Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff on ESPN+. Um, Houston has multiple weeks of rest. This is a game that's kind of meaningless for both teams. So I'm curious what it will look like out there, especially since it's the last game. I think it probably helps Memphis, and it's a home game. They're going to be playing in front of some fans. I think that probably helps with the motivational factor. The other part is, you know, because it's the last game, these seniors, a lot of them will play at home. I think that's going to help Memphis in the motivation department. Um, so, cause there's not, it's not like anyone's playing for bowl eligibility. Everyone's technically eligible this year. Um, what are you expecting out of this game? Uh, Memphis Houston, Evan. I'm expecting, like you said, I think pride is really the main thing that, to, to play for. Like, I think Memphis has a chance to have its second straight unbeaten year at home. That's something that's really important because this senior class, if I'm not mistaken, since 2017, they've only lost one home game and now it's the UCF. So that's pretty important to play for. Um, obviously, Brady White is probably going to break the all-time passing record. That's something to keep an yeah. eye on as well. Calvin Austin is in spitting distance of an 1,000-yard season, which – will be five straight seasons, I think, for Memphis. So wow. there's still things to play for. There's still things yeah. that Memphis can can look into. And I think, you know, the fact that Sean Dykes mentioned it as we're recording this Tuesday, he has never lost to Houston. So Memphis mm-hmm. has this winning streak against Houston. So they want to try to make this – this was a great rivalry, and now it's been kind of one-sided. So I think Memphis kind of wants to end the season on a positive note. So I think there is a lot for them to play for. So I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what Memphis – looks like to start the game and more importantly how the game goes when it's in that second third quarter when they always struggle yeah and I do think you know like the fact that Brady's gonna break that record it's pretty you know it's a it's a nice way to cap off his career if indeed this is it um he will have set every pretty much every meaningful passing record uh in the Memphis record book uh which is like I said pretty remarkable um, and, and, you know, I mean, I think if you're a Memphis fan, you want to see, hopefully you can get the offense going, you know, it, I'll say this, the offense was better against Tulane than it was against Navy. Um, it's just that they couldn't run the ball. I mean, like the thing that was most disturbing was they can't convert these short yardages situations anymore, um, because they're getting no push up front and, um, they, they just feels like. Um, they've lost their way a little bit offensively. Like they don't know what to be um, anymore because they, they can't do what they've normally been able to do. And I think what's important about this Houston game is recapturing some of that um, heading into a bowl game. Um, like I don't, you don't want to leave the season um, feeling like your de- your offense is headed in like the completely wrong direction. 
You know, like you want to be able to go into the offseason going, listen, we hit this lull, but we figured it out at the end of the year. Um, that, that to me should be the goal here. Um, you know, just and the fact that they haven't won a bowl in forever. Um, winning a bowl and, like I said, just going into the offseason on, right no, on the right note. Um, you know, just to, it'll, it'll just make all this feel better and feel um, – you know, all the stuff this team's been through and all these college football teams have been through this year. Like, it, I don't know, it just, that feels important to me to have that that sort of emotional boost of feeling like you're headed in the right direction after, you know, just a tough year all around because of the circumstances. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think you want to have something to feel good about, whether or not the bowl game goes the way you want. Okay, fine. Memphis hasn't won a bowl game since 2014. But like you said, I think you want to see something to feel good about, something that you can say, all right, next year you lose Brady, but you got something to hope for. Maybe the run game hopefully doesn't look like an incompetent group. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it looks like a group that's really not capable of doing what it should. So you want to see something to kind of have some hope about. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of things to be, you know, like Quindell Johnson, like that guy is a player in the yes. defensive backfield. Cole Mashburn, defensively, that guy's played really well as like that outside linebacker slash pass rusher on the edge. Um, I mean, Rodriguez Clark, when he was healthy, had these moments where he was running over people. Um, Rodney we, Owens was having a pretty good year, safety linebacker, I think. Yeah, we mentioned that the at the wide receiver position, it seems like there's, you know, a couple guys who could develop into into you know real weapons out there. Um, so, George Joseph on the D lines, Cartwright guy, John Cartwright on the defensive line. Um, there's there's some intriguing pieces here. They're going to have to reload a little bit again next year. Like, I don't, you know, I feel it feels like next year is going to be a lot like this year. Um, but like I said, if you find the right quarterback, I think, it, you know, that, that, that right there changes the trajectory of everything. Um, and that's why I think, you know, I know they've got a quarterback coming in via recruiting and they've got a couple on the roster right now. I wouldn't be shocked if they still try and I like, with this transfer market, you'd be silly not to go look and see if you can find yourself a quarterback there too, um, uh, you know. Because I, I think that, that to me, um, if there's something that you feel like could be as someone who could be a starter, well, why not? You know that that that'll be something to watch. All right. Last but not least, um, so we are, you know, we here we are right up right before the uh, regular season finale. Normally. This is the week we'd already know where Memphis was going bowling at this point in a normal season, but obviously this is not a normal season. It's it's weird how the bowl process is working already. I believe UCF has already accepted a bid to the Boca Raton Bowl. Yep. Um, so, and then like we mentioned earlier, every team is technically bowl eligible this year, regardless of record. So, so Evan. From you do the week, you've been doing a, a bowl projection uh, update every week. So where where right now do the bowl projectors and I'll and I'll preface it with this: the bowl projectors, not a lot of them are very accurate, typically historically, and something tells me this year more so than ever. Um, but where do the bowl projectors have Memphis going bowling right now? So the two highest ones we got for this week, we got the Birmingham Bowl and the Gasparilla Bowl. Um, Gasparilla Where's Gasparilla Bowl? Bowl? Where is that? Tampa. 
Tampa. Okay. So Tampa or um, Birmingham, you said? Yeah. And I think we, we know which one of those cities we both would enjoy more. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know if, yeah. I mean, in, in, a, in a pandemic, I don't know if we're going to enjoy any of this. In a city. normal year, I mean, we know which city we'd like more. But, um, yeah. but I also saw Brett McMurphy has him going to the, Mon- the Montgomery Bowl, which is a new bowl. I think it's only for this year. It's replaced one of the bowls that got canceled mm-hmm. um, or whatever. Um, but it, it's and it's a group of five bowl. Who, what are the type of opponents we we're looking at? Like, I know the Montgomery Bowl that Brett McMurphy put had Memphis playing Western Kentucky, and that would be on December 23rd. Yep. What what sort of opponent are we looking at in the Birmingham Bowl and the Gasparilla Bowl? Sure. So we got um, USA Today, since let's be company folks for a minute, they have the Myrtle Beach Bowl versus Appalachian State, another group of five fun Appalachian. Deal. Appalachian, excuse, Appalachian, excuse me. Yeah. Um, so for the Gasparilla Bowl, CBS Sports has Memphis facing Boston College. Yeah. Athlon Sports has Virginia. Uh, for the Birmingham Bowl, this is where it gets fun for people. Uh, College Football News has them facing Mississippi State. And 247 Sports has them facing Tennessee, which I think we both yeah. can agree that game. Probably I don't know, although if I'm a Memphis fan, well – I don't know. Tennessee's pretty bad to pretty bad this year. I don't know. It'd be a good game. I don't know who'd win that game. Memphis, Tennessee. I I don't know. It's interesting because Memphis, Mississippi state is interesting as well, but you're playing Mississippi state to start next year. um, And you have a home and home with them coming, Um, you know, but I think, you know, I I think if you're Memphis, you'd much rather play, even you'd you'd rather play like Boston college than play Western Kentucky. I think you want to play a power five team if you can Um, just because it's, you know, it's a free swing. It's like, you know, if you're Memphis, it's, I mean, I know it, I guess if you get blown out, it kind of hurts you a little bit in, in, at this point because of Memphis has built up its reputation so much, but I I feel like you want to get, it's more fun. It would, it would make the bowl experience easier to get amped up for, for these guys who have been through a long, long season uh, if they're playing a, you know, a, a name team. Is Boston College considered a name team to you? It's better than, it's better than playing Western Kentucky. Yeah, like you can, yeah, you can say that. And I'll say this, Boston College is pretty good this year, so uh, it'd be a tough, okay. it'd be a tough game to win. I was going to uh, say as far as, as far as name goes, like Boston College is a name, but I mean, like, is it exciting like Tennessee is, you know? Yeah, so <laughs> we shall see a lot, you know, it's still a little bit, a little ways to go here. We've got, you know, Memphis uh, playing Houston this weekend. And then on December 19th, uh, Tulsa at Cincinnati for the AAC championship. I imagine, well, I, I think we're going to start to hear more and more about bowl bids here in the next week or so. I don't know if we're going to be waiting for uh, the the AAC championship game to be played before we know uh, where Memphis is headed. Uh, so, uh, keep a lookout for that. We'll have, we'll have plenty of coverage over at commercialpeel.com of the game and, um, Memphis's postseason destination and, and everything else going on with the football team. Uh, but till next week, I was Mark, I was joined by Evan. Thanks so much. Uh, and enjoy the rest of your week. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal. Just going to run this 
dogs to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.